no thing like me except me. Hey, it's Cape Crisis, and I'm the host, Henry Gilbert. That's H-E-N-E-R-E-Y-G on Twitter. Mm-hmm. And this is the podcast about comic books, graphic novels, sequential art, lines on paper. Whew, and what a week. Oh, my God. Hey, Jesus well, Christ. What, but, what happened? Uh, oh, yes. My bad. Uh, yeah. Chris Antista, can't, he's, he is wiped away wanting to forget all that has happened this week, right? Um, I don't know. I don't know how I feel anymore. And then uh, we also have a special guest for our very uh, cheery episode, Tim Turry. Hello. Hey. No, don't get, hello. Don't get sober on Hello. Well, Hi, you, guys. How's you're still sad from seeing Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, right? Uh, ba Oh, hey. The guy that kind of had a good time watching it. No, we, yeah. Because I, I, I wrote something very, like, just recently about Ninja Turtles. A fan made mm-hmm. a CG, um, a 3D CG. It was pretty good. I watched it. Yeah, but it's just like, it's like, well, okay, it doesn't, it doesn't look all that professional, but it's like, yeah, this isn't jarring. And I would have mm-hmm. been totally okay right. with these designs in the film. And because I was... When the film came out, and it was like, ah, this looks bad. I'm like, it's not bad. It's it doesn't the, the redesigns don't look bad. However, I've reversed the decision now that the movie is fucking terrible, and we're <laughs> well, getting forced on another one. Well, so neither but, of did, did you I or I have seen it. Tim is our is our eyewitness reporter on this. Movie. I don't want to overstate my enthusiasm <laughs> for this thing. I just went in like I managed. I wanted to make a full mm-hmm. like expect the average appreciation of tur- turtles. I assume that everyone that is my age, mm-hmm. like, you know, late 20s, early 30s, grew up, like, getting every single action figure down to the weird dude that had, like, he was just a tank with, like, organs inside of it. Or the duck <laughs> pilot action figure from Ace the cartoon. Duck. Yeah, yep. it, it's just, yeah. like... Had those both. All, had all those, played all the games, tons of Hyperstone Heist, mm-hmm. and watched the cartoon religiously. For my birthday last year, I got the entire original series of the Turtles cartoons. been working through that. Whenever, wow. whenever we order pizza, I can only now enjoy <laughs> pizza 100% if I'm also watching Ninja Turtles. And so I've been like having this renaissance for it. And it's not related mm-hmm. to the new movie. Mm-hmm. So even with that in mind, I, I went into this, this movie this weekend like when I did like a doubleheader with that in Guardians. And mm-hmm. uh, I just totally had an open mind. I'm like, let's, let's just see what, what this is about. Mm-hmm. And, but you uh, did li- for the record, you did like Guardians more than Oh, my than gosh. Ninja yeah, well, Guardians okay. is probably like... Behind like Sin City, like is probably like my favorite comic book movie now. Okay, All so right. cool, yeah. But uh, it was a it was a blast. I I mean it was a lot of fun. You you gotta know what to expect and who this audience they're making this movie for mm-hmm. is too. But yeah, you know, <laughs> I feel like I'm offering a lot of qualifiers here. No, and... but no, I do think there is there is something to that of like uh, I feel like as I'm getting older, I'm starting to realize like that. I liked the thing as a little kid, mm-hmm. but were I 30 then, like, I would have probably rolled my eyes at the first Ninja Turtles film. Oh, my God. Like, like, what, that was made for children. You can't... I think it's unfair to judge it's, children's films by an adult. Eye. Obviously, I've read a bunch of reviews and not seen the movie. Okay, I've but, done the opposite. But <laughs> <laughs> but it there is something I've said on this show many times that I hate about comic book movies, and that's Hugh Jackman taking a break... And also breaking the fourth wall and saying how stupid the conceit of the entire film is. What do you expect? Uh, yellow leather? Yeah. Stuff like I, that. I don't and, like that and in from, general. From people who have no investment in the Ninja Turtles, I've heard, like, the movie constantly does this. Stops and 
makes jokes about how dumb the premise is. There's one specific exchange. They actually, mm-hmm. this was one of the first clips I saw of the movie, which was Whoopi Goldberg, who is like uh, April O'Neil, played by Megan Fox's like editor in chief or something. She she runs the paper or. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, whatever the news channel is, I can't even remember. Channel but, Four, I think it is. It's okay, four. that sounds well, like the cartoon. Yeah, um, and uh, and it's just Megan Fox trying to explain the turtles thing, and like that is the most eye rolly scene. Like mm-hmm. I, I, I walked out and went to use her bathroom, and then I saw that that coming up again. Mm-hmm. But that's that is probably like the biggest offender of it. Mm-hmm. But it's always, I mean. There's some assumed knowledge, like for the rest of the series. Like this is sort of another like re-origin thing. Is is April O'Neil just going to pick up and be like, "Oh yeah, you guys are oh you guys are big turtles." Okay, cool. Uh, and but that's the tricky thing. Is well, like, it's the same. Well, and it's the same conceit as it's always been of the origin of the turtles that like April is is a reporter who gets in a bad situation and then is saved by the turtles and she takes a photograph of them and then that causes them to yeah. chase not chase her down but to seek her out to keep them a secret. Also, having watched a lot of the older, mm-hmm. you know, the original cartoon, like there's a lot of winking and nudging no, and that, like well, yeah, that, stupid. The original type cartoon stuff. is silly. Like, yeah, yeah. Really, and this movie is silly. Like mm-hmm. it is super silly, down to like the a jarring like Michael Bay fart joke or something. Ugh, you know? Like there's, but joke. it's not too much of it. All you right. know, well, because I mean the original, the Ninja Turtles film we saw, the live action film with the with the Hanson puppets, like that had a lot of jokes in it too. Like yeah, that yeah. Had a lot of, like. Casey Jones is just a one-liner machine. No, but it's not. Yeah. It's not an issue of being funny or making jokes. Mm-hmm. It's that it's it's sort of the idea that the people behind the people behind the production officially don't really care of what about well, what they're doing. It's just a paycheck for some. It does. Yeah. So which it, it already looked that way. It already smelled that way. And then everything I read in the review is like that's what it was. It's a bunch. It's platinum. But it's not that bad. But it's not terrible either. It's just like it's, not. It's got terrible you reviews can't just across the board. Fart your way through something <laughs> and make like a summer blockbuster that looks really good. You have mm-hmm. to know what it is. You have to understand the and that was the, the scope of the thing. And you know that's how you end up with like and, uh, all the Transformers movies. Is just like and once it, it was. Admittedly, the thing that made me the most mad is that it beat Guardians of the, of the Galaxy at the box office. Well, what, on its second week? week and, and still its total wasn't bigger and, than Guardians. And, you're, Tim, you're the first person I talked to. Because most people, I t- when, I, when I say talk to, I, reviewers I read hated it. <laughs> it, got a, it got a sequel greenlit after one week of the box and office. you know what? What? I haven't watched the end of that movie. I was like, and I, I walked out of the theater. I'm like, good. Didn't I want to see this this stupid crap again. Like I, I also honestly... movies movies are like video games now that you don't make you don't make a tentpole film with the thought of like not like not revisiting in it. in night in twenty five years ago when they made mm-hmm. Batman like even Batman which they were so like so savvy in marketing mm-hmm. the Michael Keaton Batman film they had no still at the end they weren't one. like well we made Batman maybe if it does good in a year we'll start working on that sequel like true, now they're just like no we we start working on the sequel before we put out the movie like it's true it's that's just... how games work and that's how that's how the it's just the, uh, looking at the, watching that video and then looking at the the redesign. It, it did. It, it is something I've learned through working in the fringe of the entertainment business that like artists and designers aren't that interested in remaking something from the same mold. Right. It's it, it's definitely. It, I accept that it's more interesting to make something it, new. It, and effects companies also don't want to like. Well, here's here's our three D work of clearly what Eastman and Laird had already done before. No, they mm-hmm. want to put their unique stamp on it. And because it'll get the more right. business, it, and so now you have these turtles that are just aesthetically not pleasing That's, to look at. I, I, I agree with that. So and, here's here's one thing I want to like before we jump into that. Like, I loved the, the cartoon. I loved all the action figures. Those are really consistent. And then I remember jumping into the live action movies when I was a kid, and like 
this is kind of weird. And then I got kind of used to it, but I don't think I was ever totally on board with how they, they weren't looked. even that weird compared to the cartoon. Like they mm. weren't that different, but they looked realistic. They had yeah. they had texture and mm. and imperfections in their rubber skin and stuff like mm. that. No, and look- they have and given based on what you just said, where yeah. they're like aesthetically not pleasing. It does my some of my biggest complaints with these turtles, besides mm-hmm. the fact that like they totally like made Donnie like who was my favorite growing up just like this weird nerdy four eyes and 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 Raph is like way too huge he's just this hulking yeah. do-ragged like like dude yeah just and, a bunch of buff Voldemorts and and, and and Leo <laughs> Leo and uh and 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 Mikey look okay mm-hmm. uh Mikey's eyes are a little too human and, mm-hmm. and expressive but the other issue is like there's so much going on when you're looking at one of those guys. They have these like, little trinkets all over the place. It's like, and they're always moving so fast. Like it's never just pause and they're just kind of standing exactly, there, shifting their weight. It's not how that works. There's just so much to take in, and it's almost distracting how much there is. That you is know? exactly the Michael Bay like yeah. Transformers. Well, yeah, problem. there's no yeah. rhyme or reason to what you're looking at. It's just a bunch of stuff that looks to like be visually interesting is yeah. to over accessorize. And I that is a totally fair critique. I'm on board with that, but. And completely agree, but like when when stuff's moving really fast and the action starts happening, which it takes a, a while to get going. I want to be fair. There's a lot of Megan Fox up front, that's and that's what I also. Oh hear. yeah, and you know she's not she's not she's like a neutral April O'Neil. Like mm-hmm. I don't think she did anything to destroy that character, but if you look back at the original April O'Neil, she's mm-hmm. pretty vanilla. Like there's not that much going on with that which character. One? I'm talking about just like for me, the original's a cartoon. Yeah. Assume I'm just saying that uh, she was like a. She's written to be for unfortunately like a, a damsel in distress or or yeah. the anchor of just like yeah. well it she's totally she's like a, her, a her, and... her character's not even that different from like Lois Lane sixty years before yeah, April yeah. existed Lois Lane was just like as a news reporter I go to dangerous places right. that'll put me in near a supervillain and then I'll be caught and then the hero has to save me it's that's pretty brilliant. Yeah. That's how and, yeah. and I did initially you know talking about the way that the characters are represented in the movie like Shredder, uh, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm not, I'm talking around spoilers, by the way, which yeah. I assume you guys, that's your, that's your general credo. April right? did create the turtles, though, didn't she? Uh, sort of. What do you? I, well, in the, in the new comic, she did too. Speaking right? of spoil, I mean, do you want me to? How how deep do you want me to go? And no, let's not spoil. Yeah, yeah, I don't want to, and I don't think anything we've said even hints did, at anything. Did it bother you the new origin? The origin story? Well. <laughs> You also have to keep in mind, like, if you followed this movie, it's like, we thought they were going to be from space for a while. Mm-hmm. And then <laughs> yeah. they, uh, there is a nod to that, like, like that'd be dumb. In the movie, there's like, <laughs> a, like that would be really stupid if that was a uh, thing. Like That's ridiculous. Lines. I do like those self-referential things. But mm-hmm. the origin story is, like, did I ever love the idea that, like, what happened? Did did Was it just ooze fell in the sewer? Like, is that their origin stories and they stepped in a puddle? Like, mm-hmm. there is no... There is no attachment. Zero percent of my love for the turtles, mm-hmm. based on the comics and the, or, uh, mm-hmm. not based on the, the comics, on the cartoon and, and the action figures and stuff in the games. It's just totally like the, we need to get, we needed to get two Ninja Turtles. Mm-hmm. And you know, some of the the flashbacky type stuff and the origin stories that they got into, mm-hmm. like I don't know, man, those are all gaps in my mind. It didn't mm-hmm. undo any love. It's just sort mm-hmm. of like, oh, this is their take. Like, ah, I'm, this is this is interesting. Yeah, and the, and the, the first movie had a completely different take on the origin story. You're not a completely different no, not take. completely. Different. They were what? Well, what Splinter? Like it, the first movie well, is actually very true to the comics. Yes, like, but the, not to the show. Where where no, they Splinter, kind of Splinter split, was a man. Like, no, Splinter was a man. Yeah, it, but in the comics, <laughs> Splinter is a rat that gets mutated into Four a man-like rat. Turtles. And Splinter is not a man in this. I don't think that's a spoiler at all. Like okay. Splinter's not a man. Yeah, but okay. Like Shredder also just looks like so. Ma- he is over. I did. Max, right? I did. He is. 
the most obvious, we were talking about how, like, oh, Transformers, like, there's so, so much busy stuff going on, and, and it's just visually very, very, uh, there's a lot of stuff happening. Shredder, the, the most Transformers in the entire movie is in Shredder. Mm-hmm. Like, you've seen how mechanical mm-hmm. he is and all the moving parts, and, like, I, when I first saw him, like, enter the scene, I was like, Shredder's, like, I think one of the best classic villains of all time. Thank like, you, Uncle Phil. We miss you. Oh, my gosh. We miss you. And and, and you know what? Like, <laughs> he, he kind of takes a frustrating backseat in, like, the driving force of, like, the, the driving, like, antagonist force. Um, and his redesign, like, and what he does in combat and stuff, like, if you think back to how Shredder, like, fought the Turtles in the original, like, mm-hmm. in the in the, in the the cartoons and stuff like that. I remember, like, the make, remember the making physical contact. It's real brief. You know what I mean? Well, it's not, got... it's like sparring a little bit and yeah. someone falls on their ass well, and then runs Leo away. Well, but Leo couldn't even use his swords. Like, yeah. he would, like, cut a rope and a thing would yeah. fall on And somebody. he uses some swords in the movie. It's that's, not, like, graphic, but, like... I mean, that's what uh, bugged me in the in the second Turtles movie, too. Like, in the first Turtles movie, he at least will swing his sword yeah. at somebody, not, but they would pluck. Not for someone raised on He-Man. He's constantly throwing people into barrels. And never, never throws a punch. In the first, in the second <laughs> Turtles movie, one of his first moves was sword. He's like pulls out a sword. He's like, "All right, it's sword time." And Leo was my favorite. I'd be like, "All right, sword time." And then instead of slashing at the dude, like, he then sticks them in the ceiling. It's like and, indirect and use it to kick the guys. Like, yeah, could have just kicked them. <laughs> you could have swords. You could have stabbed him in his face. But yeah, You're Shredder using them like ski poles. Shredder was like Shredder's. I like. I saw his redesign. I saw how he was in combat mm-hmm. in the movie. And I at first I was like, oh, this is not the Shredder I know. Like mm-hmm. he's kind of bulkier and bigger at, at first, and, and all that stuff. And and then I was like, I was thinking back. I'm like, well, why do I? I like Shredder, Shredder, the classic Shredder, because of his personality and his aesthetics. Nothing to do with like how he fights the turtles. And what they did with this movie is like how he, you know, kicks ass and like is this intimidating beast. Like mm-hmm. it's. Do you remember when Kevin Nash appears as Super Shredder mm-hmm. in the end of the the? Is that the it first? It doesn't do anything in two. Yeah, yeah, in two. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's like it was like that note of like terrifying mm-hmm. Shredder and mm-hmm. really intimidating uh, and 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 like had this gravity to him as like a villain. Again, not for similar reasons as why I liked the original stuff, uh, but it struck a different note. I'm like, I liked mm-hmm. what they did with it. Like he felt like a dude that should be named Shredder with the well, stuff the he Shredder's was doing. Shredder's such a badass that he can beat four turtles at once. Like he, he like it's not even like in a one on one thing that he beat them. Like he's oh, strong enough and, to beat all four. And of them. they absolutely like go for that uh, and honestly like some of the action scenes in that movie like they're really really well choreographed those are the like, best things I'd read about it that it is like the the action is great and it reminds you that when you were in the in the puppet days mm-hmm. they are men in, in expensive puppet outfits yeah. Yeah. that can't do a ton yeah. yeah I hate I hate the advent of Blu-ray and the internet for pointing out how many times you can see a small Asian man through Donatello's mouth oh no yeah, why'd really you can. do that to me yeah it's like I can't not see it and I, I watched that movie a billion times and I've never noticed it it was yeah. a very cheap it was actually like that. it's an interesting thing about the original Ninja Turtles film it was almost like an independent production like the uh, I believe it's the Shaw brothers who mm-hmm. like they made the classic like terrible chopsaki uh, kung fu films of the seventies that got imported over here with terrible dubbing and all that like the Shaw brothers got the rights to Turtles among other people and were making this movie like and so it was made relatively cheaply like yeah. the 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 puppets are expensive but there's a lot of you look at how the sets and then like this looks really cheap like some of it looks really but endearingly cheap like yeah. real. The, okay, one last question about it before we move on. But like, the Pizza Hut product placement—how was that? A lot or no? Uh, you know, I was—I remember. 
my one distinct memory was like I kind of like it because God, they're picking they're up synonymous. Pizza Hut in in like in Turtles in Time or yeah, like at least the original arcade, the game. very original in the arcade NES game. arcade ver- in the NES and, version of arcade. Too. And so it's and like Pizza Hut was a big part of like my childhood growing yeah. up. You know, like just like you know the it like was four eight 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 Pizza God, Hut delivery God. is really great. Did you guys have that one? Which no, one? that no, was but, that was my jingle for for the for Twin Cities. It was four eight 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 Pizza Hut delivery is really great. Oh yeah, and that was wow. the jingle. So for that for that nostalgic part yes. of it, it's like they're synonymous, so it didn't feel it's, that off. It would have been it would have been weirder if they tried to do a different brand placement yeah. or made up mm-hmm. some generic one. Also, where else can you get a pitcher of Coke? For, it, and, exactly. <laughs> uh, the, you're in the universe. Of, you know, <laughs> a bright red glass. I also remember being very. Uh, impressed by the CG that went into that, you know, that that Pizza Hut, that comically oversized Pizza Hut pizza that had like the weird little brown, like caramelized, like like cheese pockets in it oh, that's yeah. just like unnatural. I love and, like, those stupid things. Do you? You see, I think Pizza Hut's mostly no, I, I, pretty disgusting. I, I, I think like, it tastes terrible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think Pizza Hut is too salty and greasy. It is. It is. It's it. we're at a point. We live in a world where Little Caesars is better than that. But as a uh, child, I loved Pizza Hut. Oh, like, it's the best. oh personal pan. Mm-hmm. Book it. Yeah. Yeah. Deep dish, that greasy-ass crust. Oh, my gosh. Deep, yeah, the, the pan pizza, yeah. greasy-ass crust, mm-hmm. and then having that with, like, I would have it. I'm not a soda drinker, so, but I would have it with, like, Tropical Punch Kool-Aid. Ooh, that, there, that, sounds, that sounds slamming. And what I missed, the, and, and, and someday I'm going to do a whole documentary about it, the 80s marketing of pizza uh-huh. was oh, take... What? Oh, never mind. They did that thing where it disappears. Ah, the 80s marketing of pizza was taking a piece from the whole pie... And, have, and having like Tex Avery retinas oh, yeah, yeah, extend yeah. from it. And oh, like, and that's in there. And Pizza Hut was the only one to ever follow. Like, you can do that in real life with Pizza Hut's plastic cheese. Yeah, yeah, and, exactly. And it doesn't exist anymore. You never see the like mm. the trail, the cheese trails. Yeah, these days. I miss it. Well, if I if I would sound like a pizza hipster, I would I would get like. Uh, a fancy mom and pop mm. pizza place right here, but if I were to get chain pizza, it would be Papa John's. Like that is my Papa uh, John's. Lunch. If I was gonna, I would also do that. I, and you know, before before we move on to like move on from turtles and stuff, pizza, uh, pizza. Let's talk about pizza. Uh, I went to uh, IGN today and took a look around and stuff, and like I have some friends there. I just want, I've never seen this, this the place. And nice right next to, to Greg Miller, uh, a, a dude who's sitting there has like some cool turtle stuff on his desk. Mm-hmm. Like even just like. Uh, there was he had like four turtles that were in the style oh, of baby tur- oh, in, <laughs> that was actually really good they're they're in the style of like they were white with like sketchy detailing and stuff so oh. they looked like they were like three so this is this is like an OG turtles fan right yeah. and uh, and I was talking about the the movie and he's like yeah it was fun I had a really fun time yeah, and it was this that. validating thing where it's like oh. you know what I understand that it's really I think it's I'm not trying to defend Michael Bay, even though he made The Rock and stuff like no, that. No, I, I, but I, I, it's I, really easy to to do the whole. I'm predisposed like, to hate Platinum Dunes. Totally, I don't like Platinum Dunes. I don't like that their whole business is taking shit I used to like and trying to modernize it in a way I don't. I I'm predisposed to not like them. I I totally Can't help. I totally hear you, and and you know, <laughs> it, I I totally hear you. I I guess like go into it with an open mind. If All you right. love the turtles, I think you Which I I, I think you need to see this mm. like. I just want to hear what people have to say about it, mm-hmm. and uh, I'm happy that like this brand is as universally loved as like my one one comparison would be like Sonic the Hedgehog. Mm-hmm. Sonic the Hedgehog has gone so far downhill, but 
there's just something so appealing about that character and like the way he just looks and like the his no, sort of and that's sort he, of what I was getting at. We're co- finally complaining about designs again because I think character design is important. Yeah, and and it doesn't. Well, these always, are brands. They're brands. It, right. Yeah, but it doesn't need to be remain consistent. But I've never at any point had a problem with the turtles designs. Whenever they're redesigned, neither have I. Until like yeah, no fuck this design. It's <laughs> right, it's stupid. Uh, well, all right. So wow. you know. An interesting thing to go on from the turtles. Well, first off, did you have the did you have the ones where they were the baby turtles that you could then transform? Yeah, that was into weird. Them? Yeah, and then it didn't gel with the rest of your toys because then now well, their shells were too big to fit in all their their bodies. Well, also, now you suddenly are playing with toys where a baby turtle is as big as Shredder or bigger. Yeah, and that's just not. It didn't make sense. Working. Didn't make sense. But you know uh, what uh, Sonic and the turtles have in common? What's that? They both had comic Archie. book series oh. published by Archie. Mm-hmm. Like the uh, the turtles comic book series by Archie starts with the cartoon and then makes its own mythology from really? there and it gets oh, yeah. really crazy like in a fun way I actually really like it TMNT Underground uh, it's called I think it's called Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles The Adventures I think mm-hmm. it is like you can get it on Kindle I actually bought two of the really? on are Kindle. those original like Turtles comics like the darker ones are those no, no, are those, I know I know I'm just oh, asking, those are they, are they, are they worth too. going back to uh, yeah. I they were made as a joke. They they were actually that's that's the funniest thing to think back. The Ninja Turtles were made by Eastman and Laird mm. as a joke because what was most popular in the mid nineties in mm. comic books were teenagers, the Teen Titans, mutants, mm. the X Men, Ninja uh, and, and ninjas, Elektra, and the other ninjas that were appearing in Daredevil. Those are the three most popular things in comics, and then they put turtles with them as a joke. And that's why they're the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, I and, didn't know that whole yeah. history. And, and from the, it started as a joke, and then they realized, like, oh, no, these are kind of popular. And somehow Gallagher is involved in that, too. Like, yeah. Gallagher was an early supporter of them who got them, like, meetings to distribute it and stuff. That's like, insane. There's a weird turtles history, but, but I, was... I, I like I like cartoony, goofy stuff that sometimes has an edge to it. Whether it's like the violence in a game like Metal Slug or, or something <laughs> yeah. like that, or, or or what have you, I, I like that thing. Mm-hmm. So I, if it's goofy but kind of oh, gritty, Slug. like I, I want, I kind of am interested in that. Have you know? checked out the new comic? Uh, I haven't. It's at pretty all. damn good. Really? Yeah, totally, mm-hmm. totally. And and if you would love it. Hank, they, they uh, use their weapons as weapons. That's good. That is but good. a novel. I, I, well, I, I so believe April is a scientist in who the creates Archie, the turtles. In the Archie, East, uh, the Archie TMNT thing, it starts out goofy, but like they kill each other. Like People get killed a lot. There's a bit where like a, car- a Raph from an alternate history who's mm-hmm. lost an eye, like Leo's dead in his future, and he, he's trying to keep that a secret from Leonardo, like not letting him know. Or like the actual devil comes, comes to Earth and murders all the side characters. Murders uh, what Manta Ray, uh, Gecko, Rat King, Rat King. All they started a team of like the the other guys, their own team. And the devil comes up and kills all of them. Really, like, and this was in a cartoon. The devil, art. their version of the devil, like basically <laughs> the the devil of the Ninja Turtles universe. Oh, I wish I had that figure. That but, sounds awesome. I hope he's big. I read a lot of. Uh, I read some Archie over the weekend because in the Archie Comics app for mm-hmm. my new iPhone, nice. uh, they had a hundred free comics that they're giving away. Oh, nice! Which, which free is the exact right price you should pay to read an Archie comic? We but, were last time I was here. We were talking about Archie comics. But you wanted to oh, talk yeah. about Mega Man and Sonic. Yeah, that's what that's what yeah. was going on. That was fun. Uh, are you also reading because Archie's going to die or whatever? I read the death of Archie comics oh. too. I well, was, I was there was in, the memorial. Of I Archie. Was you guys com- talked about that already. I was in a comic store, and this is the only reason I'm comfortable saying this out loud. Mm-hmm. And man, just a bunch of. 
I just I, I didn't have headphones on for like I never walk around without earbuds. Yeah, it's um, weird. You're wearing hear, headphones right now. I know I'm wearing headphones right it's now. It's weird to hear the outside world walking around when you don't have headphones. And on. I I got that. I know it has to happen to all of you because I'm not that knowledgeable, but I guess I read more about comics than I read comics. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, and then just people come to the store and ask questions. I, I, that's I, I got really pissed. I went in there like I I I'm unemployed. I still love to buy one thing once a month from an independent comic store. I. I'm mostly a digital uh-huh. guy. Just one thing. I'm like, let's see if they have Brian Lee O'Malley seconds. Um, oh, yeah. I was Which gonna... I've been reading is pretty good. Is it? Yeah. Is it Scratch Similar, which is like the melancholy uh, guy? Slightly different. It okay. is It is. It is the, uh, you know, the sophomore, like they call it the sophomore jinx, though it yeah, is yeah. not his second book, but it's definitely like. Feels like it. This is the book, like, Scott Pilgrim is about someone mm-hmm. in their 20s. This is about somebody who is successful in their 30s then trying to have new success. It's autobiographical in a weird kind of way. No, not, I mean, Scott Pilgrim... Thematically. Reads, Scott Pilgrim reads autobiographical in a similar way. Yeah, like, okay. So. But you said that you like to buy one thing from a comic shop. I try to. And it's very weird now that I have that Marvel uh, Unlimited app because it's like, Christopher, no Marvel. Mm-hmm. No Marvel. You already paid for Marvel this right. year. You don't get to hold get it. it. No, you don't. Uh, get... you, well, it's weird. I'm like, but I want to pay for Marvel. Just go. Just walk to the store. Go to the Marvel section. Pick one up. Open it. Look left and right, and then shove your nose into it and breathe in as deeply as possible, and get your fix. <laughs> I'm trying. To, I'm trying to remember what I what I was looking for because I had like three things in my brain. I'll pick up one of these three things. One of them was seconds. I can't remember what they are now, but it's not even that I really desperately needed it. I just like supporting my local comic store, and they had none of that shit. <laughs> it, it, to, I wish I had the specifics because that's like you're a comic store. Mm-hmm. There are three. There are three relatively new things. Just, this cereals. is all you need to do. And I don't have my headphones on, and then I hear this people talking is it, is it true doc ock was is spider-man like the guy working the counter oh he's gonna say something totally fucking uh record store high fidelity he's like yeah i think i heard about that I'm like what wow what? that that is a disappointing comic store employee i have to say what? come on like what? i've never i've never wanted to correct the comic store employee before and and then he's like is, is so some girl walks in hi is it true archie dies and then he lit up. He's like, uh, <laughs> actually, it's not the real Archie. I'm like, well, dude, you want to... I'm, I'm so, barely curious. You, you, uh, yeah, I want to talk about that issue, too. I read... So I read it. I want to hear all about that. So he... So in the previous issue, he... it's a, It was a three-issue arc that's, mm-hmm. that's very interesting. So Arky, in, yeah. in issue one... Uh, so the the gay character Ke- Kevin Keller in the in the new future he becomes a politician and he's having like some some gun legislation and so a gun nut is going to shoot him and Archie jumps in front of the way of the bullet gets shot dies saving his friend saving Kevin Keller the new character uh-huh. on the block this is and this is like Archie's in his early thirties at this point. Mm. Then next issue, Archie is bleeding to death and thinking back on his life, and it's just this whole like the clips episode. Life flashed before his <laughs> eyes, but it was written in an interesting way. In that, the thing with life with Archie comic is that it's two stories at once: yes. one future where he's married to Betty, one future where he's married to Veronica. But this issue works as one for both because he's thinking back on the one girl he always loved. But in every time, he never says specifically who that is. And in every shot, of in every one of his memories, Betty and Veronica is there. And so, so you have to like cre- like figure it out yourself or decide what you think. It's, what, it's who you want it to be. It's, it's a decision it's that's Betty. not made. It's, it, it, yeah. I, could, I couldn't it believe he be sort of even to scream the ending of like a new comic in a mm-hmm. comic book store. 
but uh, it yeah it's yeah it's just it's an alternate dimension. And so then yeah. so then in the last issue, it is one year after Archie's death, and everybody's like just remembering it and. And they're hey, remember this that, re- a really boring friend who like yeah we were all so much more interesting than <laughs> well he's the glue that held them together it's true. that was the thing and they're all just talking about what a great guy Archie was but what's interesting around I won't spoil everything that happens in it but what's interesting in it is that it is preceded and followed by letters from the uh, the owners of the company or the writers saying like making it very clear this is an Archie that died. Archie will live forever. This yeah. is not at and they, all the end of Archie. And they just sort of sum up everything that's weird about comics and confuses people. Yeah, and they uh-huh. just are like, oh yeah, this is Archie and it isn't. Anybody's Archie. Kind There's of. a million Archies. I mean, I have to imagine like they have a really hardcore fan base of frightening creeps. Uh, well, Archie's yeah. literally been the, they can't offend. Archie's been this like seventeen for seventy years. Yeah. Like there the is Simpsons no thing. there's no real continuity to Archie. And I love that. Uh, it's weird. Their marketing campaign for like that whole thing, where like I before you started describing that, I knew that Archie died because he was protecting his gay friend, yep. and that's a mm. that's a headline, is what it is, mm-hmm. and that's a tweet. Like that's what they were going for. That was coming straight from them. They were spoiling like yeah. the entire thing of it. What what do you think is behind that? Is just because like you have to sell like give everything just to get anyone part, think, like even well, partially interested in Archie? Archie has always Archie's. Yeah, the big deal since the, his first appearance is fads and pop culture and being on the wave of pop culture. Like Henry's pointed that out a couple times. Originally, he his, in his first comics, he's like, "Well, I'm doing a barrel jump and ice skating," like because that was a cool thing to do. He was wearing Davy Crockett hats, and that was cool. He was dressing like a mod when that was cool. In the '80s, he was playing video games. He was playing Pac-Man because that was cool. And now, what's cool is is all these kind of progressive zombies and killing zombies characters and killing progressive characters, acceptance, progressive okay, acceptance, all okay, this stuff. Okay. Like, so this is just the most recent wave he's riding. It's, it's and interesting. I, it's it's and I they've never that, had any shame on that level, but it's also kind of beautiful. And it's what I think mm-hmm. that's what you do with well-designed fictional characters. They should do that. It should always mm-hmm. be that. Yeah. Well, Archie is like a timeline. You can just pick up an Archie comic and like. You That's can, what it's I very love. easy if to guess writing, what year it is. If you're writing an Archie comic now, like I read one from three years ago that was about the Occupy movement. Like right. it was Occupy Riverdale. And it had a much happier ending and it was very <laughs> it was very even even sighted storyline. Well because well because I heard Dr. Art, Occupy was Well the, the, the uh, what happened well actually what happens is Occupy's natural enemy was of course Veronica's father, of course. Uh, Mr. Lodge, who is the rich guy in town. Mm-hmm. But then eventually, Mr. Lodge listens to him. He's like, you know what? Maybe I won't pave this park. Maybe I will. <laughs> but, and then Archie's just every man in the middle. He's like, well, I don't know. You know, the protesters have their thing, but maybe it's not Capitalism that simple. Capitalism is pretty cool, too. Yeah, yeah. Great A. Hemin and Hahn. That's what you want in a protagonist. <laughs> but but I think that at least that puts it very much in its time, and you can just look yeah. back on it. Same as if you look back on the disco issue of, right. of them. But. It's fun. So just go to, yeah, get the Archie app and just download them. If I could just make one recommendation, there's one called World of Archie Game On. Oh, yeah. I've talked about it many times on here. Game one? It is 30 years of video game comics from Archie. That, oh, wow. Just uh, like a sort of like an anthology of them all. Yeah, like just like here was one. here's their first one when the artist didn't even know what a video game oh, looked yes. like. They knew what arcade cabinets looked like. Actually, I'll just pull it up real quick with that. They knew what arcade cabinets looked like, but they did not know what a video game looked like. That sounds like. like a slam dunk. So the way, yeah. this, so if I download the Archie app, 
I just can just check the this out. I was on Comixology. And I got it on Comixology. Oh, really? Yeah. And there's just a thing of like 100 free Archie comics. And yeah, that's... Because uh, yeah, they have ones of like, oh, it's virtual reality. Or it's Pokemon. Did you, point, did you point out, and it probably has something to do with the laziness of the things over at Archie. It's just that like yeah. every game console is very specific. Mm-hmm. It, they don't bother like creating a different looking PlayStation controller. It's like, that's PlayStation. You can easily place the year. Well, there's two different there's two different storylines where it's mm-hmm. Betty and Veronica saying like, we should make a game for girls. Mm-hmm. And then also one where the punchline is, at least one where the punchline is, the boys won't pay attention to the us girls. Let's put on bikinis and then they'll stop paying attention to their video <laughs> games. I'm like, it's... You were less progressive back then. But did it work is what's important. <laughs> well, the punchline, they need, <laughs> they need a last panel punchline to be like, ah, as a red-blooded American teen, these sexy girls in bikinis really distract me. Like The full page of them together. Well, and the line they have, have to... Hobbit, hobbit, hobbit. Yeah. Uh, so I read that. Slide also, missile. Also, I have one of those. i got to get my just a couple other things I, I have read. I read the um, Superior Spider-Man 32, which was an awesome surprise. Superior? Like, oh, Superior yeah, I saw is that. like Doc Lake Ock. Superior. Is mm-hmm. he, is this like Spider-Man just exclusively in the Lake Superior, like <laughs> yeah. Duluth area? Uh, that would Minnesota? be pretty cool too. Okay. Uh, have you ever read the Great Lakes Avengers <laughs> that takes place in 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 Minnesota? Don't, like, don't screw around with me. No, totally. You should read. It is a funny book. They are what? the joke Avengers team. They were created. Why they got to be jokes? <laughs> because you don't have anything, you don't have anything crime to fight, man. Yeah, it's, that's true. It's well, so yeah, it, it was this joke that so there was the it's too cold. There was to always fight. the Avengers based in New York, and it seemed like that's the joke about the Marvel universe is that every supervillain comes to Manhattan. Because, yeah, yeah, and like even though they could burgle any place else on the planet, but they do it where all the superheroes are. And so then they set up West Coast Avengers for the L.A. branch. And so then in a joke issue of West Coast Avengers, they're like, oh, we have other branches, like the Great Lakes Avengers. And it was a loser squad <laughs> of characters. Like, there was one one mutant named Big Bertha, who her powers was that she is normally a beautiful supermodel, but she has such control of her body mass that she can turn into a 1,000-pound woman and, like, crush people. Okay. There's, There's a guy named Flatman who is basically, like... He's he's a stretchy dude like Reed Richards, but he is always two dimensional. He's just flat. That's amazing. These are the Great Lakes Avengers. Yeah, and there's another to... man called uh, I think his name not Resurrection Man, but like invent like Unkillable Man. His only power is like he just can't. He he dies and then he immediately comes. Like back is he just life. like totally unremarkable? Yeah, but he, he has can no just... other powers. Okay. But like his first, there's an awesome scene of his origin where he's like, I'm gonna be a superhero, and he puts on a costume. He doesn't know he has any powers, and then he goes like. Hey, stop right there, uh, bank robbers. The bank robber shoots him in the face. And then the end, seemingly the end for him, and then he's like brought back to life. He's like, yeah, you can't die. That's your only power. You can't that's die. Like, that's like, actually pretty good. You you mentioned the idea of like every superhero or every antagonist coming to uh, Manhattan. And like, yeah. I want to see like versions of that where like they're riding the subway in and watching the skyline come in as it's playing like the Laverne and Shirley music <laughs> just like they're they're finally going to strike out on their own they're going to yeah. do it doing it our way <laughs> wow. that's how they're going to do it yeah that is right. that is another very like mid that is a Milwaukee reference there too the uh I mean, that's right. Laverne and Shirley get a so. plug out of the way real quick the Tim Tim is all up in Laser Time's business this week that's right uh, yeah. you were on Laser Time and you were talking about uh 
you're weirdly going back and playing through like old first person. Oh shooters. yeah, yeah. Uh, my friend just texted me. Um, so glad you guys mentioned Brutal Doom. Oh yeah. Which one were you looking for? No, that, I mean that's it. That's the one that I can't like. I've tried okay, to get so running and I'm having trouble. The big joke here. Well, the big joke was when I got went over to PC Gamer. Yeah. Not being very much of a PC gamer. So he what he did is he sent me. Uh, DOS box and a shitload of discs. So he's saying there's a chance I might have... It might be in the house right now. Oh, sure. And just remind me to go... Yeah, yeah. This has a happy... Hopefully has a happy ending. Well, if you have it all set up, like, that's cool. I mean, you can go... The cool thing about Brutal Doom is, like, all you have to do is own the original Mm. id games. It works in any of them. And then you can download it. But I thought you said you could find it. I I found it. I just couldn't get it running. Oh, okay. Uh, That was was my issue. Uh, Because, man, uh, I'm not... uh, I'm... There's just like all these different things, like different versions of the game. But anyway, right, people right. should check out Brutal Doom and Laser Time this week. So, uh, yeah, it was Cal a fun Dra- combo. Apparently, Cal Drogo is officially Aquaman, Aquaman. now. Yeah, yeah did, did you see as part of the uh, incoming news segment uh, uh, that that was really funny? Is that a fucking radio show was talking shit about Aquaman, mm-hmm. and Zack Snyder called in to defend him, Whoa, to defend Aquaman, and 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 then I think made an appearance, but then I think his PR team was like. We haven't announced Aquaman. You don't care about that yet. Uh, <laughs> Time it. I guess he can just be a private citizen that cares about Aquaman. I well, I don't. I think Aquaman's an easy joke I blame, now. I like blame, that's like the uh, making fun of as a I blame as, Sean baby it's as professional yeah, as professional comic makers mm-hmm. as people who crack wise. Mm-hmm about geeky things I would say that like Aquaman is the airplane peanuts of of those jokes like oh it's so predictable what yeah. if you made the yeah. whole comic out of the Aquaman it's a fucking, uh, <laughs> fucking I, but I when I first got Comixology and the DC was pretty good about that of like giving away first issues and like these guides to comic characters and I just bought like like the first run of Aquaman it's pretty fucking cool Aquaman's never been shitty, actually. He, you know mm-hmm. where he was shitty? The Super Friends. He's he only was shit. awful That's... on the Super Friends. Yeah. That's it. The 70s cartoon, which nobody should even have any... Uh, the, half the people no who played has like never it. seen. Yeah. Uh, you should never have seen it. Right. Uh, he's shitty The writers of Family Guy and Robot Chicken, like they are the ones who grew up on it and yeah, made fun of it. And like. it's like, he's really cool in the original comics. He's really cool in the new comics. He mm-hmm. commands sharks. Yeah. Yes. Well, I, do, I don't talk to fish... <laughs> You can't but, talk with a fish. Dolphins, sure, fine, but not <laughs> talk with a fish. Yeah. There's so many better superheroes to make fun of. Yes. All right. You know, we should take a little break. But, Do- Dr. Bong. Right. And uh, when we come back, we're going to talk about uh, some news uh, and some other things. Your questions of the week. Uh, uh, yeah, and definitely going to catch up on questions of the week. Uh, and, uh, and some other things, too. On the other side of the break. Hello, guys. Thanks again for listening to Cape Crisis on the Laser Time Podcasting Network. Uh, you know, boy, this has just been oof, a long week. A really, oh, really long, crappy week. And, and we're going to talk about, you know, a little bit about that in the second segment, too. Like, just the, so if you've, if you've had enough sadness about Robin Williams' death, like, I could, I could understand not wanting to, to listen on. But really, I think we, we talk about some really, uh, some really important stuff in there. But, Anyway, though, if you are listening uh, to this podcast, I really do appreciate all you guys, all you listeners, like checking out the show, new listeners from 
from just you know the last 10 episodes or people who've been listening to me since before i even had cape crisis i really do appreciate all you people and uh if you'd like to help out the show any more than uh, than just by listening which is more than enough uh, there's a lot of things you can do at lasertimepodcast.com. There are uh, links. Uh, there's a donate button to PayPal. You can just give like a little tip, a little bit of money that just helps the, the wheels keep turning on uh, on the Laser Time factory. You can buy some uh, t-shirts through the Laser Time podcast t-shirt store. It's the link right be- below the uh, the button for for donating, or you can buy something on Amazon on on lasertimepodcast.com. There is a bunch of uh, links on the right hand side to Amazon stuff. That's suggestions of what you could buy, but that's not all that you could buy. Like you could get anything through that link on Amazon at no extra cost to you. Just buy it through the link, and a little bit of money comes our way. Like I bought. Uh, what did I buy? I bought some bacon jerky. I'm not too proud of that. I probably shouldn't have bought that. But I also bought some like uh, some organic oatmeal. Like so, you know, you got you got a lot of options there. You don't have to just buy a video game, a DVD, or a comic book. Though the Paul Heyman DVD is amazing. Like it is so goddamn great. Uh, but anyway, you know, in, in honor in honor of the man, Robin Williams, uh, my suggestion this week is going to be. Uh, you know, I saw the Popeye cartoons before I saw the Popeye film, and and uh, you know that the film it has its it has reasons to dislike it, but I I do like it. I, it really touched me as a kid. I saw it at the right time as a kid, and and it's also really based on the Popeye comics as well, like in the comic strips where he got started. And if you'd like to see where the Popeye character began. Fantagraphics has an amazing Popeye collection of his of his comic strips, which were long form stories. Like the Fantagraphics Popeye collections are all these great, great, great books that are that are awesome just to look up and see see where Popeye began. And so there's going to be links to those to buy them on Amazon on this week's episode on LazerTimePodcast.com. So check that out along with other links to a bunch of other stuff we've been talking about, where you can pick them up. And buy them through the links on our site and bring a little money our way. And now, back to the rest of the show. Avengers Assemble! These are the people you haven't even met. Looking forward into the old days. Looking back at what there will be. There's no reality. And we're back. So I was, I was telling, uh, I'm wearing my. Yeah, Henry's wearing an awesome shirt uh, wearing... that I. It's, it says Evil Dead the musical on it, and it's got some super cool art. And uh, I did not know there was an Evil Dead musical. Yeah, I didn't either, actually, until I went to Las Vegas last year. And I, maybe I've told this on the podcast before, but so I don't remember. We had a big family get together. My mom, dad, and my brother. You know, we're, we're all getting older. Like we don't spend that much time together outside of Christmas. But we're like, actually, about almost a year ago right now like they're like let's meet let's all meet up in the summer but let's go somewhere fun let's go to las vegas because dad can gamble mom can see fun shows kids can go with mom to see fun shows and gamble with dad like it's fun and then we're all adults now so we can just drink (laughs) and so it was a nice like grown-up vacation and my mom was looking for fun non-gambling things to do she's like oh i hear this evil dead musicals fun i was like evil dead the mute what evil dead (laughs) with my mom yeah (laughs) 
Well, my mom has never seen Evil Dead and still hasn't, but so Evil Dead the musical basically just slams together the plots of Evil Dead 1 and 2 into a musical, into a cheesy... So the plot of Evil Dead 2. But the then. subtitle there is the ultimate 4D experience, so I'm guessing Because you blood gl- gushes everywhere. Like, that's its thing. It is a very lo-fi experience, intentionally so. There are really six actors in the entire production mm-hmm. on one stage... And they sing okay songs. Like, songs are all right. It's like a rock opera, I suppose. I'm not going to see Guar for their music. You know what I mean? Like, I I think it's okay, but... So they have, like, a splash zone. You can sit near the front, and you're in the splash zone where red Kool-Aid will splash on you all all over the place when blood comes out. And, no, it really is Evil Dead 1 and 2 because, see, the first act is Evil Dead 1. Like Evil Dead 2. As in, well, no, there's only two acts. The first half is Evil Dead 1, and I completely forgot. I've seen Evil Dead 2 a million times. I've seen Evil Dead 1 like three times, maybe. And I completely forgot of like, oh, yeah, Ash has a sister. He has, Mm. not only does he have his girlfriend, but he also has like another friend and that guy's girlfriend who all get murdered by stuff. And like with the trees, the trees, you know. There's a there's a song when the trees attack oh, Ash's really? sister as well, and it's a sexual assault. Yes, via tree, and uh, and then the and then act the act ends where the uh, new group of people comes in to see Ash covered in blood uh, for Evil Dead Two, and then boom, Evil Dead Two starts, and then it ends with like a tease of, of Army, Army of, of Darkness, but really it's just evil. It actually okay. Well, I don't want to tell everything happens, but it's really yeah. fun. There's blood everywhere. Does it play there all the time in Vegas. Yeah, it's it's oh. in the uh, it's on this shirt. Let me read yeah, yeah. the shirt. That, this is. that sounds awesome. It's at Theater V. What the fuck does that say? Theater. Let me read it. V- no, right. I think that's a U. Oh, Theater United Hollywood. Oh, it oh, says Planet Hollywood. Hollywood. Oh, Planet. Hollywood? Yeah, yeah, oh, no. yeah. I don't fuck. know what the V is for, but anyway. Uh, it's the V Theater of Planet Hollywood. That's all good. That's where it's at. You totally, you totally reminded me that uh, I love... I really enjoyed the, the, the new one, the remake. And like, I, it's second climax and stuff. Like I really liked it. I need to watch it I again. need to check that I out. I heard it's pretty decent. Yeah, but I had you, a good time with it. But yeah, the, if you're... Next time you're ever in Las Vegas, like it's definitely a cheap thing. It's way cheaper than seeing like uh, any Cirque du Soleil show. And it's a lot of fun. It sounds and, way better than Cirque du Soleil. And they, yeah, and they also like talk shit to you the whole time. Like They swear at you the whole time. They shout at the audience yeah. like they're... It, they're nice and mean, like, and it's. And, and if you're getting showered in blood during Cirque du Soleil, <laughs> uh, it's a, it's not the kind of the show's oh, not going. Well. And afterwards, you can get a picture with Ash. Like the Ash is a good, That's he's awesome. a good Ash, and he memorizes the entire speeches of things of like, yeah. this is this is a gun and whatever it is at Ash Oh it's yeah, the whole yeah. thing. He says the whole thing. And Evil Dead was a huge part of like my formative, like becoming a mm-hmm. horror fan, mm-hmm. and like a huge part of like my. Defining my tastes in horror as a as yeah, a, yeah I do I I have uh, I've turned on Army of Darkness just a little as I've grown up or yeah. just like I felt it's not as and it's just it's not as good as Evil Dead Two the com- Dead- like going comedy with that side of things like I, I love that they they combined the genres like mm-hmm. a little bit more well that yeah you kind of on both sides of it you've got Evil Dead One which is just a fucking horror film uh-huh. you've got evil you've got Army of Darkness which is way more comedy and in fantasy. the middle in the middle you've got uh-huh. comedy with fantasy elements but evil. also it's horrifying Evil Dead uh-huh. Two oh my gosh it's the best yeah. Yeah. my favorite one of my favorite Indeed. scenes of all time is just. Him laughing at all the That's at great. all the shit laughing at him, and then when the lamp falls over, and then there's just like a pause, S- and then back. they laugh even harder. Oh, yeah. yeah, God, it's so good. Uh, all right, so what are you talking know, about? 
Well, I did. A, a hero of mine did pass oh. away this week, and and I'm not going to have another podcast chance to talk about it this week. But uh, he, it, like, he will. <laughs> I believe Tim Turry is owning Laser Time at the beginning of this week, and then Robin Williams will be take, dominating the subject matter from there on out. Yeah. So, man, that was just fucking. I had not been on Twitter all week, like, or all 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 Monday, all mm. Monday long. Like, I stayed away from it for 16 hours. Can nice work. But um, I, have to, I end up doing it all the time. And partially, I stayed away from it by watching the Paul Heyman DVD, which is yeah. really awesome. Just oh, is it? Side. it is yeah, so I wanted to good. watch it. I'm going to bring it with me and hopefully get it signed by cool. him at SummerSlam. Like it's, I've got to. But anywho, so I turn on Twitter and it's just like all these things about Robin Williams. Like why? Why would people talk about Robin Williams? Like yep. it's just and this, this is something you, Chris, touched <laughs> on in your article about him. Of just like. It was just this accepted thing. Like, Robin Williams just existed. He he's, was always going to be Robin. there. It's, yeah. yeah. He just was going to be there. Like, nobody, we don't nobody like him. would we, talk we, about I think odds are you probably said something disparaging about I the man certain, in the last right. 10 years. I am certain I made fun of his output too. at some point and just saying, like, because it was... The direction <sighs> his career went. He made some poor choices right. in his career. And, and also sometimes his, like... His act wasn't cool to like. It wasn't cool to like Robin Williams. It wasn't cool to talk. Yes, he was go. about as mainstream as comedy guys. His, his like, movies sucked. Um, a lot of his, uh, the last decade of his work, mm-hmm. almost entirely yeah. sucked. Except like, for World's Greatest Dad. Yeah. Which I can't emphasize. Can't and also the worst marketing of all time yes. for a thing. What? But I can't emphasize enough. I'm like, that's like my favorite performance of his the last yeah. 15 years. You probably shouldn't watch it right now. No, it would. it's a little, I, it's going to be a little too real. I think the, pr- I think in general, like, that so that's what really sucked. The first to see, just the nonsensical idea of like mm-hmm. Robin Williams died. I'm like, that wouldn't happen. Why would Robin Williams well, just die? And, out and then you try to like confirm it by googling it, and then there's like the there was like a hoax death yeah. Uh, yeah. That, that 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 circulated that mm-hmm. rumor, and like that was the first thing I found when I tried to Google it. I'm like, oh well, oh, come on, people got to do their fact checking, and then you dirt, dig a little deeper. You're like, oh crap, so yeah. sites like Variety and stuff are reporting on it. And then when it's and then when you find out the cause is suicide, like that is just like an extra I think, I think punch that's in the gut yeah. because I haven't felt like this since like. Kurt Cobain's death, and mm-hmm. I was a very emotional teenager. Yeah, or the and murder a, of Phil Hartman. Fan. Phil Hartman's murder, like yeah. that. That was another one that was shocked. But at least you I think Philip Seymour Hoffman was a big one for me. Too. Yeah, that one. But yeah, that one definitely was. It was too. There's, there's something. There's something that really fucks people up about suicide, and especially especially someone you, who who makes people so happy. Uh, someone mm-hmm. who someone who spent their entire life making people happy, achieved everything anybody could ever want, has more money than Gad. Yeah, uh, and seemed to be loved wasn't by enough. like everybody. Wasn't like, enough, but that, that but fucks people up. That's another thing of like, me if you want to listen to something to really like, he this thing darkened will for a while darken. Looking back on anything of his, mm-hmm. like you'll see all these. It's it's all it's this happens with a lot of celebrity. That's like you see like when a classic one I've heard about is like uh, Jeff, the singer Jeff Buckley, who was a really good singer, mm-hmm. who then died, uh, and and after his after his death. Like his music became way more popular, partially because we're like, oh, is he? Is he? This sounds like yeah. he's singing about his death, and like, even though that wasn't the intention. And there's all these Robin Williams films, like, there's no intention in. But right. now, if you just watch the film and you see, like, just a very just and like it misses Doubtfire even. Just like, here's him alone and depressed yeah, after yeah. a divorce. In his character got a divorce and he's depressed. And how can you not think about what happened? How no. can? When you hear Jeannie going like, I'm free, I'm free, like you just like it it'll just weigh on you. Right. And like one of my favorites films of his is The Fisher King. Like I yeah. love The Fisher King so much. That. It is so good. 
but part of the plot of the fi- the major part of his character in the Fisher King is that he is a mentally damaged man who is unreachable and that that Jeff Bridges is trying to find the key mm-hmm. to dealing with his mental problems and like there's this I looked up this awesome scene where he Robin Williams is telling the story of the Fisher King and it's just the the plot of the, the meaning of the story is just like this man didn't know how to find the thing he was looking for, but someone else could help him find it just because they wanted to help him. And right. I was like, you can't, how can you not place extra meaning on that now? Yeah. You know? Let alone films like What Dreams May Come, where he literally dies in the beginning of oh, it and yeah. goes to heaven. Like, I just that's... watched that the other the other year, man. Yeah, that's, that's a... Gotta stop calling movies like that terrible. I, no, I, I know. I'm and very it's... broken up by this, and everybody's like, "Oh yeah, Patch Adams. That movie's terrible. Hook, awful, awful <laughs> movie." Uh, Do people say that about Hook? I well, do. Like, I, do, I have been. Uh, I've watched as a grown up. You watch Hook. Well, here's one thing. I was thinking about Hook recently, and right. I I love Hook as my the child me loved Hook. As a grown up, I could only I could see a lot of stuff. One thing that bugs me about Spielberg's. Uh, the themes I could see and I see in some of his stuff is like he likes creating men who are basically him that have an excuse to leave their families like just like <laughs> oh yeah I should abandon my family for people in outer space or because I need to be I need to be Peter Pan again or I need to do this like there's all these like or I need to go chase after a shark I don't need my family like all these guys are looking for excuses like rising to rising up their to the family. call type thing yeah but it's just like plot based reasons for a, a guy to just be like no nah, I don't want to be a father you can look anymore. at it that way but I also think it's like someone it's it's if you've seen like trailers for like uh, Interstellar and stuff like mm-hmm. that it's mm-hmm. it's sacrificing something that you love for for he, what the clearest way I heard him put it was talking about E.T. and it's like if I take the father out of the equation mm-hmm. there is instantly damage to this family and they're inst- <laughs> they're instantly you're inst- you instantly care you're empathizing with them right off the oh, bat yeah, yeah. and i didn't even do anything but yeah who, but, and, he, and didn't he come from a broken home yeah to a degree and, and, and like that <laughs> but also he went through a very messy divorce too in the mid 80s mm. but uh, but but this isn't about steve spielberg no sorry yes. i do think whoever like who would who else would you cast other than robin williams to play peter pan a grown-up peter pan like nobody yeah like, that's, and, that's, and he did yeah. he 100 like you said this in your article but also mark maron said it in in the post uh probably more eloquently of his episode but just like he it is undeniable he changed comedy forever Mm -hmm. forever like we only grown up in the post robin williams world like he changed what stand-up was he changed what comedic acting in film was he changed what being like a celebrity was and and animation too. Like yeah. after Genie, there's there's pre and post Genie in, tried, in, the, I, I, in theatrical. Try to get that point across because like, dude, Disney was having a renaissance. Little Mermaid, Beauty and the Beast. Beauty and the Beast is nominated for an Oscar. I have mm. no idea why Disney just didn't make another movie like Beauty and the Beast. Right. And then immediately goes into a let. I'll give you a Rescuers Down Under. That's fine. Then goes yeah. into Aladdin. Well, but that, if you really want to get into it, that was not Disney theatrical. I, that it was, was Disney's that's television. Why, that's arm. why. That's yes, why I ignored exactly. it, I, and I love it. I love. I've never movie. thought about this though with the genie and what he means for like, like, I don't know, like hmm. the narr- like a movie narrative device. You know? Yeah. What I mean? Yeah. yeah. The, the, the tone all... of Aladdin is nothing like Beauty and the Beast. And well, it, the you t- could unlike, take pop culture references, unlike unlike any Disney movie ever made. Now look at ev- like DreamWorks and uh, yeah, Ice, Ice Age put out a movie every week. There is a genie character in every movie. Well, there's like been dozens of genie ever characters since. In every, yeah. ever since there has been a character like that. There's, Always a pop culture spewing uh, force of kinetic good. It ever since who, Rob who Williams. can be an overbearing presence? Yes. even but, to, to soften 
serious situations. Like mm-hmm. imagine something like Shrek without Donkey, and it's just like this right. very straightforward yeah. fairy tale. And you have this this character mm. that's rooted in comedy and also your world and not the one he's living in. Yeah. And but I mean there was there was definitely comedic re- like Beauty and the Beast had comic relief. It did. So it just, did, but it so had, did but Little Mermaid. It but had, like, they were whimsical things like you could have filmed they, that. They weren't a crucial character. Yeah. It was a candelabra. Mm-hmm. Well I mean look the candle was played by Jerry Orbach masterfully. Great comedian. But, uh, Lumiere. Lumiere was his Lumiere. name. But he was not it wasn't a comedian Playing basically himself and yeah. doing yeah. his act. It was the first time Disney had made a caricature out of someone voicing. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the genie looks like Robin Williams. And also, that Robin Williams was a great like, uh, like he introduced musicals to mm-hmm. so many people too. Like he he starred Popeye, in multiple. Popeye was a musical. There's your Aladdin, connection. Aladdin is a musical. Yeah. Like, and he was a great singer. Like, never I, had a friend like Mike. I also Robin loved. I loved the. Um, when he sang, when he sang "Blame Canada" at the yeah. Oscars, yeah, like, that oh was a yeah, great yeah, moment. Like, I heard that and, and just by all accounts, the nicest human yeah. being in the universe. <laughs> and, and Michael pointed this out on Video Game Apocalypse because he's been living here longer than me. And he also, Michael lived in Tiburon for the last ten years, where where, where Robin Williams, the last place. In, he, yeah, like, no, Diana, Diana texted me like she was. She works there. There were helicopters everywhere. Wow, she uh, it was awful. And but wow. uh, but Michael said, and if. He's also a Bay Area institution. Yep. And then I look at my Facebook, and like so many people I know have mm-hmm. a picture of running into him. The comic store I go to, like, yeah, oh, Rob, really? this is where Robin Williams gets his comics. And Michael had pointed that. Really? It'll be pointed out in Video Game Apocalypse. Like, he's also one of us. He inserted oh, yeah. anime shit in a one hour photo. Yep. He, uh, he desperately wanted to play the Riddler, mm-hmm. uh, or he desperately wanted to play the Joker. He wrote. He loved video games. He like, loved, loved video them. games, but he loved Batman. And he, he loved uh, Batman. He, he loved. He loved. There's. Yeah, I saw a Reddit thing of him going like, uh, from a while ago. He's like, yeah, I love Ghost in the Shell, Akira, all this stuff. Like, yeah, he, yeah. No, but the, the Batman story is more pertinent to the show. It, it, yeah. That he was. He wanted to be the Joker, and that's who they approached when Jack Nicholson said no, and uh, and but lost the role. Yeah. He wanted to be the Joker, but then Tim Burton walked uh, off of Batman Forever, so so did he, and the role went to Jim Carrey. And then he, he publicly said to Christopher Nolan, like, dude, I'm up for... I'm up for... And he's like, what would you... And he, in, in press interviews, all he talks about, like, I'll just be someone in, like, Arkham Asylum, but I really think mm-hmm. Arkham Asylum is definitely an area you want to visit. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, like, pre-game. Like, Robin Williams is one of us. And no, he, he, he was. That... He named his daughter after a Nintendo character. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, we all know that. I know, and and it's also like, yeah, it it. I had I had sat near him once. I've told this mm-hmm. story on a Laser Time podcast before, mm-hmm. but like in twenty in January of twenty eleven, I went to the Viva Variety reunion show for the SF Sketchfest. Mm-hmm. Like, and he liked do you comics. do you remember Viva Variety? Yeah, it's ringing a bell. It was it's it's it a totally Comedy Central show. Yeah, that, that is not on. Oh DVD. hell, was uh, was it um, State Crew? The yeah. Mr. and Mrs. Le Pen and, and, from, and Tom uh, from Lennon, Reno Michael Ian Black, yeah, 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 all those yeah, yeah. people. And okay, so, yeah. yeah, they made it was a show that no one remembers. Right. Like, Until just so, now. It was funny to go to their reunion thing of like them going like, I thank you so much for showing up, guys. We were sure no one remembered this and nobody gave a shit mm-hmm. because you can't see it anywhere. And and I was just sitting there watching it. And then I'm checking Twitter while I'm there mm-hmm. to see who's tweeting about it. And I read a tweet that says holy shit, Robin Williams is at this show. And I was like, oh, really? And I look at his picture. I am in his photograph of Robin Williams. I was sitting what? behind Robin Williams all the time, but he was just in a hat and just bearded, just a bearded dude in a cat. So that, that, was a, that was an amazing moment we had last Sunday. We were over at Dan's house. Yeah. Oh, yeah, Dan, Dan Reichert's house. Yeah, yeah. and we're watching... Uh, 
You're watching Raw. He has a aftershock. I've Riker. never heard of this. It's when the ca- when the camera shut off on. Sorry to talk about wrestling. When the camera shut off on wrestling, the copyright symbol comes up and the camera shut off. But like mm. the, all this is is eight hours of what happened. Yeah. After oh the yeah. And then after Dan, Raw, Dan yeah. just needs to see the makeup of the wrestlers in the ring, the drama that's happening, and then it was like it was like the biker Undertaker, and, and he's it's like, like I was at the show. I was at the show. I knew where I was. Comedy. I saw the I saw the Undertaker drive. Blu ray. He notices the date. And yeah. He's like, I was there. He's, I was he's there. Free phrasing. Freeze framing it. He's like, that's my mom. That's me. That's fifteen year old me. And he takes and a watching, picture of it. Watching Dan Riker find himself. In a, and he in did a, truly find himself. He find himself in a fifteen-year-old like first like no, that's my mom. That's my mom. It, that was that's that was so funny. I'm yeah, so glad I got to see that. The Rob Williams thing is another like a weirder. Yeah, that. well, no, that's but I mean, like th- that's also not special. Yeah, if you live mm-hmm. in San Francisco, if you went to alternative comedy shows, like he was there. He like, was a he fan was, of comedy. He was a fan of a comedy. Generous, still. a generous, nice, nice person. That's when I would hear like I would hear stand-ups make fun of him. The cool indie stand-ups, like I would hear. Brian Posehn or Paul Shear, mm-hmm. like I should be naming names, but I would I would hear them make fun of him or be like, uh, Zach's tired or whatever. But then they would also follow that up with say, or Doug Benson said this too. They would make fun of him, but then when they would start to make fun of him, they would immediately go like, He is also the nicest person any of us has ever met. Mm-hmm. He has been so supportive of like all of these independent theaters mm-hmm. and independent comics. He is a friend of comedy, he is a great guy. Like Sorry, they 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 seem to immediately feel bad about making fun well, of this. You know, that's but that's what ruined me during the announcement. Is like, I I I haven't I haven't been that guilty of it, and, and but I had overshadowed how much value and how much uh, entertainment he had brought to me personally. We took him for granted. Early, we all took, we, him, we for took granted. him for granted, and, and just in thinking about it as like my personality of I'm sitting here talking into microphones I spent thousands of dollars on just so I can entertain strangers because that's how I find validation. I don't know what that is. Uh, but in and if you if you think about that as an equation, Williams may have needed way more validation from strangers right. than any of us ever knew because mm-hmm. nobody in the universe worked harder to make you smile right when he would come on talk shows just like you when you people say you an inimitable personality like you dude you cannot be like Robin no. Williams no one, is, no one has even tried mm-hmm. it's too hard yeah, yeah yeah it's too much work and he because he needed it that much and, and the fact the idea that maybe like we stopped giving it to him he had mm-hmm. a show on television that failed Nobody Robin was. Williams yeah, show with failed a TV show with him and Sarah Michelle Gellar uh, and yeah, oh. People didn't watch it. Yeah, and I never saw a fucking frame of it. I don't even know what it looks like. Yeah. Uh, it, I haven't liked any of his movies. I'll mm-hmm. see The Angriest Man in Brooklyn or whatever. But we were... Wait, are you going to watch the next... Oh, another... No, so not one, the Museum. One other... Th- well, speaking of Night of the Museum, so I went to the Variety thing, and I assumed he was there because he... That Robin Williams was friends with Tom Lennon because Tom Lennon wrote, co-wrote... Him and Robert Penn Grant co-wrote... Uh, the night at the museum, okay. and they were both the Viva, they both were the creators of V Variety. Mm. So I, I figured Robin Williams was there, and so then I tweeted at Tom Lennon like I met him at that V Variety show, mm-hmm. and I'm very sorry for your loss. And like Tom Lennon favorited that, and that that, oh, wow. huh. that felt really I don't know. It felt it felt nice that that I could. Like reach out to Tom Lennon, who must like he he actually knew him. Like, yeah, he, yeah. Like and that that maybe helped him in some way feel deal with it. And uh, yeah, you know what I was, I was, I, I that was, audible shot that the audible gasp mm-hmm. on that clip from Conan when Conan yeah. announces to yeah, the yeah, audience yeah, to the audience like cause the, the audience who who may not even have cheered that loud had he come on the show, or, but the idea that like he's gone yeah. what. 
that's not supposed to happen. And then just how how, pro- how prolific and how how inspirational he was for other mm-hmm. comics, like someone who like uh, who like Norm Macdonald, who mm-hmm. who hasn't really Great. done anything. Like I, I like Norm Macdonald. No, a no, lot, but, he, he, but the tweets he, he yeah the, the series of tweets so good. that he so good. he yes. he threw down about like you know. Him being down and like thinking he was not worth a damn, and then Rob Williams is building him up, and just go read the Norm McDonald's. Like it's, it's Rob the one I read today that almost uh, broke me. He was roommates with Christopher Reeve and uh, Chris <laughs> Juilliard, yeah, at Juilliard, and uh, Christopher Reeve is handicapped by a by a villainous horse, um, mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, Williams just showed up. Somebody shows up to the hospital room. In a full scrub garb with a Russian accent, mm. and starts fucking with them like That's, we must move I things know. over here, and and it's like it's like someone's like it's, it was the first time he laughed in days after a very serious accident. Just, just the idea of Robin Williams running inside a hospital room and fucking with things. Uh, That's amazing. That's yeah. not Patch Adams, which is garbage. Yeah. No, uh, I know, but it, but it, but also like that that takes me mm. back to that point I said earlier about like it like Ninja Turtles was a kids film. Like you mm. can't judge it like. When we were kids, we were we were raised by uh, Robin Williams films like yeah. late in his life, like Mrs. Mm-hmm. Doubtfire, Aladdin, mm-hmm. Hook. Um, he was my introduction to stand up comedy. Yeah, but but we were introduced to that like those were kids films too. Like mm-hmm. it's it's not fair for us. Popeye. It, it's and Popeye like but so for us to judge like uh, Flubber's dumb or Patch Adams is dumb of like or Bicentennial Man license like, to wed. There's a bunch of shit in there. There's some bad ones, but like who are we to judge those? It's like if somebody likes them, no, I just like like, yeah. like I keep saying I, I wrote it in the comments of that article, and that's what makes me mad is because I'm sure every day uh, there someone writes a screenplay with uh, as a Larry the Cable Guy project. Mm-hmm. I'm sure there's a stack of Jamie, <laughs> Jamie Kennedy vehicles somewhere of, of things people we got to figure out what to do with this guy. Did nobody try and figure out what to do with Robin Williams over the last 15 years? I no, you couldn't well, think of a project that was appropriate for like one of the most manic forces in comedy. If yeah. you listen Were to you his never w- bothered to think of that? If you listen to his WTF, like he he had had relapses, like mm-hmm. he had he had been battling drugs and alcohol again for mm-hmm. like the first time, like he had been clean for like 20 years and then fell off the wagon, like got divorced, like and and he had been struggling with some things, like and that's well, that's that's. But I think it relates. His work relates to his problem. Yeah, and and, and we don't like that's the other thing. I I, I could be way off a, base. I could is, be way off. This base. is a problem with suicide in general. It's mm-hmm. just that you don't you don't know. You just left all you're left with is is questions and yeah. trying to find answers. I really and, hope right. he left some note for us. But who even like? There's yeah. It it just sucks. Like he doesn't owe us that. He does. The last thing I wanted to say about this before we can move on to happier topics was the and to connect this to comic books mm-hmm. is that uh, when I think. When I think about suicide sometimes, I think back to this great um, uh, Tumblr post that Matt Fraction did, the mm-hmm. comic writer Matt Fraction, that just an anonymous person wrote to him saying like that he was feeling like, I just can't go on anymore. I don't care if it might get better. I just want to end it. Like, is, what do you, oh, what do you think of that? Yeah. And that like, Matt Fraction's, one of his first responses was like, then first off, I think you need to get professional help right now I'm not a professional and I can't say that but secondly that he said that the amount you don't know about tomorrow will cover the, every grain of sand on earth in bullshit that's how much you don't know about tomorrow and that also he then Matt Fraction linked to this great article the New Yorker did on 
the person interviewing survivors who had jumped off of the Golden Gate Bridge. Bridge. Like people have people have survived that. But they jumped off with the intention of it. And they said that most of the quotes amounted uh, their stories about doing it. Most of their quotes amounted to the, I thought I couldn't fix anything. But the second I jumped off, I realized every problem in my life was fixable uh-huh. except for this one. Right. And like that, that's, yeah. I, I, I think you guys should look up the whole thing that, that, is that Matt the Fraction bridge? wrote. That's like, not the bridge. It's I a think documentary it, called The Bridge. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah, that article, The Bridge, is great. And Matt Fraction's like full response to this guy is, is really great. Yeah. But yeah, I do. That, that I think is one of the better responses I've read to about like suicidal yeah, thoughts yeah. And, and stuff. But anyway. It's always, you know, it's a sad, it's super sad uh, event. And, but like anytime that there can be any sort of like spotlight kind of shine, like shown on. The fact that this is a real problem that people deal with, and there are things and that you can, the people you can talk to, and and resources for yeah. you to like, yeah. to kind of get more perspectives on it, mm-hmm. because no one's ever alone. Yeah, this is something that at least needs to be talked about. Like, it gives a reason to yeah. discuss it, but mm. but yeah, it just it really, I feel like this is like, I I cannot think of a more like high profile like death of this nature since like. Like Phil Hartman's was a murder, you know that that, Phil, that that it's not even that Jim the, Henson's was a preventable like yeah it's uh, not the sta- it's death. not the stature it's the nature of who he yeah. was and how he went and that he didn't that yeah that sucks. that his his daughter put it as like she couldn't understand why he wouldn't want to spend more time with us like, yeah that that's it's, yeah it's a bummer it is a bummer I'm sorry but uh, well hey I mean yeah. it's it's a good thing it's I'm happy we talked about yeah. this. I also did want to. I, I didn't want to say a nice, another nice thing about his work is mm-hmm. that, like, there's somebody who was growing up gay that I, like, he was a gay-friendly artist too. Like, mm-hmm. one of the first portrayals of like gay people in film that I saw was in Mrs. Doubtfire. The Harvey Firestein mm-hmm. was his brother yeah. who dresses him up as Mrs. Doubtfire, yeah, Uncle, Uncle Freak and Aunt Jack. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, that was just like a sweet scene of like, yeah, these. Those characters could have been any characters, mm-hmm. but that they were making a point of like showing the normalcy of their relationship and just like and and Robin's character's complete acceptance of that. Right. Like that was just yeah, I, I, I love seeing that. And the birdcage. Like the birdcage also is just a really great like he, he didn't originate the birdcage and he's actually like mm-hmm. I was gonna say the straight man, but he's yeah, he is the <laughs> but no, he is the you know he is oh. the regular guy to like Nathan Lane is the one being crazy and campy yeah, and Azaria, stealing uh, the spotlight. Gene Hackman has more funny moments than yeah. Rob Williams in that movie, but, but Rob Williams is great. It's, uh, the movie I keep plugging is Cadillac Man. It's <laughs> the one I don't think it's going to get a lot of uh, yeah. watch. This movie, it's not even like available most places. I love it, but it's fantastic, and he's not. It Tim was Robbins on Comedy Central one. every day. Yeah, but it's really good. Yeah. It's really good. And he, he has an amazing performance in a comedy, but not he's not the comedic force you're used to. I loved I love the line in the birdcage where Nathan Lane is trying to act straight and that he goes like think John Wayne and he starts walking like John Wayne is like, What what did I do wrong? And then Rob Williams goes, I just didn't realize he walked like that. <laughs> <laughs> Put your arm down that Oh god, that was funny. But you know what I'll tell you I'll share the the dumbest thought. And I, I just wanted to mention out loud, it's going to make me look really bad. But I, I got really drunk. Uh, uh, I, I One, I wrote like that way too long thing that took forever. Mm-hmm. I, I learned the news, saw it, and like, yeah, I'm not supposed to care about this back to work. And like for an hour, it just eventually like bit me and dragged me away and yeah. made me write something about it. And then 
And so the next night, I'm like, I'm going, I'm going to finish recording this thing. It's going to be midnight. I'm already going to be a little... Now I'm going to get really drunk. And anything I want to feel, I can feel alone late at night watching one of his movies. And uh, and then it's, the one thing that occurred to me is like, what fucking accent is that? Oh, it's... Yeah, it's... Nobody... Who used, was he? Yeah, uh, nobody, yeah, yeah, nobody talks like that. He was more... At all. Yeah, yeah. Hello? What, what, who? Yeah, yeah. We're, we're like, there's no... Where did that come mm. from? I'm like, he's from Illinois. So is Brett. There, there, hmm. Where did that accent come from? Nobody does that. Nobody talks like that. Unless I do. <laughs> I, I will hereby adopt, just to help the world grieve a little bit less, I will continue. This is a thought I had in my brain. Pick up the torch. I will, I will continue that. Whatever cadence that is, I will carry it. And that's what you'll do from here on out, Chris. You'll tell everybody on the show. <laughs> do you ever think about like how on podcasts we'll just like shift into a character and then just do an act out of a scene and then and, stop it? Like we would like that's him. That was you know uh-huh. what, you know what the, ad- the addendum like, to Laser Time. If you listen to Laser Time, the one that I didn't I didn't get to mention because I was going long. Uh, just long story short, with that I not even high. Like I just haven't watched cable in years, mm-hmm. and I discovered discovered all the shit on cable. Cable, basically the hub network, which is called the which could have been called the Chris Network. Uh, and <laughs> mm-hmm. and every episode I saw of all these old shows, like Alf, what I didn't mention at three a.m. three a.m. Mm-hmm. Tiny Toons, Tiny Toons oh comes on. I'm like, I haven't watched an episode of Tiny Toons in fucking years. Let's see what episode it'll be. I wonder if I remember it. And immediately diaper go down the hole like what how fucking lucky we we had talked the about the best episode. we oh, talked yeah, about yeah. that on, on shows of like me standing next to a vcr hoping it would be that episode <laughs> right, and it right. never happened and the one i tune into for the first time in a decade that's what it is and i what i didn't remember it was also i i didn't remember as being part of the episode it's it, it's shelled in the classroom henny youngman and then babs that's right yeah babs goes to a comedy club and has to follow uh, a Ra- another bird stand-up named Robin Killams, oh, and wow. and I, wow. I, I saw I that. Forgot I saw that, that Sunday within 24 hours. I forgot oh, wow. all the incident. about that one, man. Mm-hmm. Just to watch that now, I'm like, now that we know what we know about stand-up, now what we didn't yeah. know as kids, like, God, I, I need to look up that one right oh, now. Oh, there's like, so much stuff and so many references to that one above your head. And, oh, and yeah. Tiny yeah. still still nailed like right. on both levels. But now on have, every Robin Williams thing yeah. we saw as kids, like we missed every joke. Like there are, oh, are yeah, a yeah. dozen jokes in Aladdin. Like you're just like, uh-huh. oh, he's. He's referring yeah. to this specific thing, who's now like a dead broadcaster or right. something, <laughs> like uh, somebody who recently passed away. Ugh, boy, okay, we need to. All right, but yeah, rest in peace, Robin Williams. You, you will be missed. This, sucks. this is really, pre- and then, I mean, there's a lot of other like, there's a ton of other shitty news going on right now. Then uh, beyond Robin Williams, but Lauren like, Bacall died, and no one gives a shit. I do feel bad. It's it's kind of like. It's kind of like when Ford, Farrah Fawcett died the yeah. same day as Michael well, Jackson. I didn't, I didn't like, mean to make it, it. I've said that on another show as well. Uh, it's not that nobody gives a shit, but that that is the nature of suicide. Mm-hmm. We expected the 90-year-old lady who right. hadn't been in a lot of stuff to die, the guy who's constantly has a presence in media to take his own life. Right. That That's going to hurt way more. Yeah. And that's, no offense, Lauren McCall. We love you. Uh-huh. I love we Lauren love McCall. You. Yes. We do not suck. We love you, and your presence will be greatly missed. But you know, your 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 movie was over for the most part. <laughs> they uh, would have already cut at the end of yeah. your film. But uh, all right, whoo. Okay, let's. You know what I have not done in several episodes is, is read answers to the question of the week. Do it, so Hank. let's do some of that. The um. Whoa. What the fuck was that? It sounded like glass. 
don't know. Uh, keep going, Hank. All right, the the last the one hundred and two question, oh, boy. Yeah. Uh, us talking about Guardians of the Galaxy sounds like a long time ago. Why now. does it feel like so long ago? It was just last week's episode. Like mm-hmm. we saw it two weeks ago, but I, uh, I just saw it this last weekend. So this is great. Well, so why don't you answer this question real quick, uh, Tim, just to get so we can get happier. Let's get happy again. Uh, what was your favorite part, like a single scene or whatever, or moment from Guardians of the Galaxy? Oh, wow. That's a that's a big question. Mm-hmm. Um, hmm. Man. Uh, gosh, there's a lot to choose from there. Mm. Uh, well, I can read a couple from uh, a couple other replies. Yeah, let me think about it for just a second. Uh, so the first responder was uh, Cody Stovall, who had a lot of stuff, mm-hmm. like... Uh, like one of the what was this one like dance off bro me and you gamora subtle take it back that was wonderful like that was right or the uh the collector's collection and another infinity stone explanation like the opening quill dance section cody stovall broke the rules like he didn't name one thing he named like a dozen things right but uh let's see uh oh yeah we may I'm going to try to not talk about spoilers, but we may discuss Guardians of the Galaxy spoilers here. So if you haven't seen it yet... It is, you know, it is baffling to me. Like, I really love people getting back. You guys made me, convinced me to see Guardians of the Galaxy. I'm like, you haven't seen it? And you listened to that? <laughs> um, let's see here. Keller93 says, uh, I was especially surprised that Drax ended up at my favorite character. Batista oh, had a hell of a he deadpan comedic presence and they found just the right balance between ultra badass and inherent silliness of someone that hyper masculine. Nice. Yeah. Right underneath that rope... Bro- oh, did you want to add You know, I, I think it's the entire prison sequence. It was just like... It's really good. I thought that was really, really well done. And then I, I can't get into things like towards the end that have to do with like... You know, like, there's some great great stuff that I wasn't expecting with, like, Rocket and Groot and stuff like that that really, like, I don't know. Um, but otherwise, <laughs> otherwise the, oh, whole, wow. the whole, uh, the entire prison thing, how well it was done, the whole thing with the leg, like, it was just, That's, it was funny, it was, there was great action, the, or... the set felt, like, gritty, and it wasn't just, like, some CG set, and all the characters were, like, being... They're, they were like all firing on all cylinders and hmm. the best parts of their personalities. Cine- yeah. Cinesaur brings up, I forgot all about that, Rocket Raccoon needing people's prosthetic body parts as a running Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That's, that was really good. I'm going to need that eye. Uh, <laughs> I need what? it. Come I on, I do. do. Uh, Robosgun says, I've already seen it twice. I can't piss the, pick the best one. I totally forgot about this. Groot stabbing a whole row of dudes and oh, slamming man. them all over the place is a pretty classic scene. Followed by that it, smile. It, right when I was like, watching He's like that, a puppy dog. Yeah, yeah. Right yeah. when I was that watching good. That, it reminded me of my favorite scene in X2 of like Magneto coming into that underground complex and just pulling the pins out of the grenades of like oh, yeah, yeah. six it's guys. Like, oh yeah, you could do that yeah. if you wanted. Yeah. And those scenes are the best. In a row, just this 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 like effortless murder of yeah. of the highest trained soldiers in this area. Yeah. That's a fantastic scene. Let's yeah. see. Uh, the Tingler says my favorite bit in the movie is spoiler the end credit scene. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then he also says my least favorite bit. The Marvel Studios logo, which actually interrupted the movie, you know, but I guess technically it did. Like, it, it opened, it had a cold open, and then the yeah. Studios logo. I think it was like, it was a weird, I think it was like a compromise. Like, they wanted a cold open, mm-hmm. but they also want that Marvel Studios logo yeah, for branding yeah. purposes. So, like, all right, let's meet in the middle. We have that cold open, then immediately have the logo. We need to be, speaking of like parts that, that were jarring. Like we just need to be done with Stan Lee. 
cameos. <laughs> like it just it's just I it's know. like it's like hearing a Wilhelm scream in a movie. It's but like I think he, if, I expect it now. Though, if he I doesn't want it, and we, like, again, be careful because I don't I think we get, don't have a lot of time left with Stan. Okay, with us forever. Yeah. But on the on the flip side of that, if he continues to get old and is still able to stand, <laughs> it's going to get gross. Yeah, it's it will to, look. There comes a point where it's like this is sad now. Like let's maybe maybe for his own good. Like like my grandfather in the home right now, where like his hair has basically become like a transparent cloud. And no, it, I think I think of these pro wrestlers who like just have like a cameo, like classy Freddie Blassie, who's a great guy. <laughs> That's a great name. His last appearance, well, he's the guy who coined the phrase pencil neck geek. Mm. And is famous like he had the dinner with uh, Andy Kaufman, the the, the you mm. know the my dinner with Freddie I think he called mm-hmm. it the the movie Andy Kaufman made, but um, his last appearance in the ring was like in a wheelchair like barely saying words and just he was like I gotta be here I gotta yeah, yeah. Be, uh, like no when to for your own legacy's sake <laughs> yeah <laughs> anyway JJ uh, JJB Sterling says uh, Drax stole the movie for me. Same deal as, as everybody else. And then he has some spoilers. But uh, let's see. Oh, yeah. Then uh, Aaron Baba says uh, that he also loves the, uh, the, the, the that hallway scene with Groot. Oh, and yeah. also the opening dance with Pratt was the best opening uh, to all of Marvel's films. It's really good. And mm. fucking red. That he's somebody, singing saw, into that space raft. Yeah. Somebody, like, and somebody. Uh, right now, Guardians of the Galaxy is the number one album on iTunes. <laughs> And I saw it's a the, great mixtape, and I, like how many kids oh, yeah. are exp- like yeah. it, it, first experiencing all those films? Well, songs. What's, what's great about that soundtrack too is it's in universe, like yeah. it's a canon soundtrack, like <laughs> yeah. for the movie. So it's like that I'm listening sh- to I got it's like it's like I got his I got Star Lord's like tape and non, it's I'm rocking non diegetic. No, you know, yeah, that, that. I'm uh, so but, used but it's to like it being the opposite so- of the of that stupid movie, A Knight's Tale. Where like modern oh. pop music plays over a classical mm. scene. Now, yeah, I'm so used to like the bullshit in films of just like the music can be anything. They switch on the radio and mm-hmm. it plays whatever song they'll get the rights to later. Right. Mm-hmm. But it's way it's way harder to get the rights as you're making the film and then write a scene around it. Yeah, but it's worth it when like guys like James Gunn or Tarantino or oh. Cameron Crowe like do it. You know. Yeah. Yeah, that was that was awesome. great. Uh, Joe, Joe had pointed out Drax cutting off uh, Nebula mid monologue with a rocket launcher. That Nobody was, insults my friends. That was great. Uh, God. I, that. I did love. I love that scene. And I wanted yeah. to thank Moan for Stallone for the. Uh, I don't know what the fuck this means. There's a, put an image in there. The original Guardians of the Galaxy, which is Rocco, uh, Rock, <laughs> Rocco Raccoon, Rocket's Modern Life. Uh, yes, and <laughs> Stamora, which is John Stamos. <laughs> Marvin Martian Lord Artie this destroy uh, you just have to see it but it's basically all Nickelodeon characters all right uh, Shin says Cosmo who was just a yeah. very brief cameo and you didn't even hear him speak mm-hmm. but uh, he he speaks with his mind so he maybe just wasn't so, projecting his mind to people tell mm-hmm. me you know as someone who was completely unfamiliar with the the series of you know comics uh, mm-hmm. who's, who's Cosmo Cosmo is the dog in the spacesuit oh yeah he's, our, he's a major character in the comics yeah, that's he's, amazing he's like the, a Russian commander of theirs that's yeah, fantastic but he's, he's a dog that was sent into space by the Russians who then just <laughs> got lost in space they assumed he was dead and he's like no I got I got super brain powers and now <laughs> and I that's live a big in, comic book here. character yeah, yeah that's really, amazing yeah, he's great. a regular in the garden I mean, when books. people people are talking about like Adam Sandler getting cast as a role, that's actually who I thought 
yeah. who I thought they were doing. Like, yeah. that would work. Adam Sandler could, could do his Triumph the Insult comic who dog accent. Who is he in talks for? Huh? Who is... Oh, we, you don't know, but I, I would guess now Rac- Rocket Raccoon, since Cosmo had no lines. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's but, man, Bradley Cooper Nailed owned it. Owned it. Like, he was like... he, You know... He's he's got the the cartoon raccoon voice down. You know, I, you kind of have a vague idea sh- what that I should be. I should give him more credit for that. I still think it, there was a plenty of other better, better people who would have done a much better job, and they got Bradley Cooper because of name recognition. But there was, a, there was like I an did, emotion did, to it, I too. forgot it was Bradley Cooper a yeah. billion oh, times. Oh, yeah. I, and, I, I, the, here's a great one that uh, Slow Octopus says, My favorite part was when Rocket closes the, with the dramatic we're going down together scene with... A bunch of jackasses standing in a circle. <laughs> that was really good. I want to see this movie again. Yeah, I can't wait to watch it. Uh, Raccoon Hall has the um, Raccoon Power Rankings. Mm-hmm. And it goes number one, Rocket. Number two is Rocket again. Number three, Sly. Number four, Bandit. And number five, Ranger Rick. Like, <laughs> and then at number 100 is Vigigame Apocalypse's Raccoon. <laughs> oh, Wow. And then uh, one more. I'm going to read one more. Not the Tanuki suit. Does it not count because there's well, no Well, I mean, Tanukis, Tanukis are more like raccoon dogs. They're not really raccoons. Mm. It, it's a... It's a mythological creatures anyway? No, Tanukis oh, are real things. Like, PETA, PETA cares about them being killed, so I, oh, I should oh, say. Not, no. They care about Super Meat Boy, too, so... <laughs> they, they care about a lot of things. Yeah. Uh, God bless them for caring. I just, uh, anyway. Uh, okay, I'm going to go with Drunk. Uh, drunk Orson Welles the entire prison escape sequence was incredible but there is a moment when Rocket and Groot are fighting off guards and the camera is spinning, spinning around them as they both scream and unleash a barrage of gunfire and deadly vines and my blood was just pumping to this amazing bit of action and then we smash cut to Star-Lord saying so we need your leg and I fucking howled with laughter <laughs> like so a hurricane just like, has a quote. Yeah. I need that guy's eye. Like I love it. Yeah, because it's 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 Rocket and Groot, just like the most direct guns a blazing like mm-hmm. like solution to the matter. And then it's just Star Lord trying to be like, how can I get this yeah. from you? Because I know it's weird. You know, I had an exchange with uh, this would be this week's question of the week thing, but I had an exchange actually at this. Uh, so you know, in my other job, in my real in my day job, mm-hmm. I went to an event to see a bunch of like uh, Sony video games. Mm-hmm. And at it was Disney Infinity uh, 2.0, which... Uh, they added Donald Hope. First off, well, yeah. First off, Chris, I have a photograph to make <gasps> you jealous. Oh, no. That to show you what I held in my fat little hands. No. Boom. God damn, that. that's such a good design. I'm going to have to buy that. Good. Donald, oh, that's a good-looking Donald. Uh, Donald is great right there. And I was telling... I, so he I looks was pissed off. It's sassy Donald. Yeah. So I was talking to the guy saying, like, my friend is so happy you made a Donald. Like, he was missing those in the first run. Mm-hmm. And then I was talking to him of, like... <laughs> I was like, I, I play the game before. I don't need to play it again. I just want to stare at these toys. <laughs> and he's like, you're not the first person to say that. And I was like, oh, yeah, I'm such a big Guardians fan. And people just ask me, like, where to start with Guardians? And, he's, and then the the game producer's like, yeah, me too. Like, I keep telling them, you got to start Annihilation. Like, that one. I was like, yeah, I know. Right? Like, people... The Annihilation isn't... The Guardians aren't even in Annihilation. But you got to start there. That's where it begins. And... And then he like then he asked me he's like oh well hey where would you start with Avengers and and then I Whoa. was like that is a really tough one because like do you start with New Avengers because there's a lot of baggage there do you start with John Hickman's Avengers because there's a shitload of baggage there well and there's a, is, there's a ton of implied knowledge with existing co- comic yes. book heroes and and the Avengers always hinge on you know 
like they you might, understanding you know, a lot yeah, of characters. Yeah. yeah, and I told him the best place to start would be uh, Bendis's the, uh, Avengers. the no Bendis's mm. simply Avengers mm. that is post Siege. The Heroic Age Avengers, which is drawn by John oh, Romita. yeah, yeah. Because, like, in that one, for it's example... It's got, like, Thing and Thor on the cover. Thor yeah. is simply Thor mm-hmm. in that one. He's There's no... You don't need to know extra shit about Thor. Mm-hmm. Hawkeye is just Hawkeye. He's not Ronin dressed as Hawkeye, who's mm-hmm. posing as him for some reason. Spider-Man's on the team, Wolverine. Like, it is the simplest versions of many of the characters. And, and then they just fight Kang. And it just makes sense. And it's a lot of spectacle. And the second six-issue arc in it is all about the Infinity Gems, which, like, mm-hmm. after you've seen Guardians, like, you'll want to see that. So, anyway, like, so have you guys, like, how have you guys, the question of the week is, mm-hmm. how do you guys deal with, like, asking people when people ask, like, where do you start with something? Like, mm-hmm. like are when you've been, like, a comic book expert on something, do you, like, do you tell them to start super-duper early to get the baseline no. understanding? Or do you just tell them, go to this thing and read a wiki? No, if you're, right. the better you are at making those kind of recommendations, you're never going to say the beginning. Well, you're going to need to get to everything. Right. Um, but Annihilation, you have to bounce fun Annihilation is exactly. the one example. Especially for things that have existed for like 90 years. That's, yeah. that's mm-hmm. super weird. Um, yeah, how do you... So how I've do you, said a few... Yeah, my, my answer with that is, is just like... I, with Guardians, I've told them like... With Guardians, I have said, start with Bendis if you just want to be easy. Just start with the Bendis run that's only been going on for a, couple, for a year and a half or so. But otherwise, like, when I've been asked, I pick... I say, like, DC is better than Marvel in this case. of Just, like, mm-hmm. they have so many great standalone books that... I was like, oh, you're looking to read Batman? Then read Batman Year One. Or read Batman or, The or Dark, Dark Knight Returns. Returns. Or, or Daredevil or something like that. Or, yeah, or Daredevil, or, the origin one of Daredevil, or Daredevil Born Again. Yeah. Like, you, you gotta pick out standalone things like that, for, I think, for new people. Because I love the continuity, but... How right. can that not be scary? But to you need to fall in love with the character first in order to want to chase all that stuff down, and those mm. those sort of standalones are the way to find out if you really like that character. Even though that style of character might not come back. Yeah, you were well. You were gonna. I thought you were gonna ask where would you start with the Avengers? And <laughs> well, sure. And, and I and just I love that I picked up um, new Avengers and started from and that's awesome because it's like the Avengers have existed but it's still the origin story the of, prison break one is that it's, the, yeah. and that's a great great story if only for the is that where this the, the carnage attacks everyone in the yeah. century just like without tears batting an eye flies up into space and tears them to half in half yeah. and leaves them carnage there. yeah yes. with, with Avengers stuff yeah yeah I like carnage yeah and you should check out it's, that, a, well, it's, a, it's a weird group and um but but it's not classic Avengers, but it is what non-readers of the Avengers mm-hmm. previous history would think. But yeah, Wolverine and Spider-Man would be on the Avengers, right? Yeah, like, uh, yeah I, I, I understand you could have issues with that, but I, there's no real origin story of the Avengers for you to go to other than Well, it's an unreadable issue from 50 years <laughs> yes, ago. Yes, like, it's not recommendable. So if, if you want to feel like you're in on the beginning... It's a it's a nifty place to start. Breakout, yeah. I believe the it is easier to suggest standalone works like and DC has more of them. Like you can yeah. just say read Kingdom Come. Like that's four yeah, issues yeah. and you're done with it. Like if you if you someone says where should I start with Spider Man? Like you could say Brand New Day or uh-huh. Big Time or even Superior. Like those are starting points, mm-hmm. but they also reflect what came before it. Like, True. Yeah. I mean, and, and so does you know New Avengers in that mm-hmm. case, but like it doesn't it doesn't carry the same kind of baggage. Yeah. It's like we broke up and now we're getting back together because apparently we can still have some use together as a group. And, I, 
And the only people who got to be in the group were the people who were able to, like, make the call to the prison. Yeah. Which is this... And the Daredevil says no. <laughs> I'm not going to pretend that I have, like, this is encyclopedic knowledge of comic books, so mm-hmm. I could... Like, that I would even be an authority that could be asked that, mm-hmm. but I will turn it around and ask you guys if you could tell me where to start with Frankenstein. Because just as a concept... I don't know if you guys are familiar with the Frankenstein comics at all. Not so much. Okay, I just want to know because, like, as a big fan of like Frankenstein's monster and like mm-hmm. every portrayal of him in pop oh, culture. Oh, so do you mean DC's Frankenstein? Yeah, I believe I do specifically. Yeah. Okay, and then the place to start with that, and I the best Frankenstein comics. I, so they did their new Fifty Two event, which mm-hmm. rebooted the whole universe. Yeah. And, and so there are Frankenstein comics there, which are good, but basically the pilot for Frankenstein as a comic character. Was in this massive crossover called Seven Soldiers of Victory, but you only need to get the one that cool. Frankenstein is collected in. But it is a four issue, or you can find it on Comicsology, just okay. four issues of Seven Soldiers of Victory's Frankenstein, which tells the story of Frankenstein as a secret agent that fights what? fantastical creatures on the moon <laughs> a couple times. Like it is, it is made to be the it is made to be the craziest comic ever. It's written by it's written by Grant Morrison, who's awesome, and it's drawn by Doug McGank Mankey. I, I forget how it's pronounced, but the, it's it is a great great book. It's part of a larger mega. So Grant Morrison did this giant thing called Seven Soldiers of Victory, mm-hmm. which is basically like him doing seven mini series that were slightly interconnected, but that were basically like, I think these should be comic book series. I'm going to write the first four issues, and if somebody wants to do more of them, they can. I'm just doing these four to prove it can be done. Yeah. And, like, he did one for Zatanna, which is also really great. Like, if you want to read a great Zatanna book, that's one of the best. And he did one for, like, this character called Golden Knight, which nobody cares about. Like, and the Bulleteer, which no one knew. Even I didn't know about this one, but... Frankenstein is one of those characters. And okay. so if you like the Frankenstein book and you want to see the rest of his, like how he connects to the other seven soldiers of victory, you should buy the other seven soldiers of victory books. Otherwise just get those on their own. Okay. If it's interesting, if the universe are building up is interesting enough, I'll, uh, yeah. I'll branch out. But you said that was called, uh, just seven soldiers of victory. And then just the Frankenstein. Colin Frankenstein. Okay. Actually, I'm going to, well, after this episode, I'm just going to pull it up on Comicsology to make sure it's on there. It should okay. be. It's a recent enough book. Okay. But yeah, so, okay, so yeah, then where, all right, so yes, then how do you guys, eh, boy, mm. this is a hard question to title, but uh, but yeah, how how do you guys deal with the continuity when suggesting people read something? Like, mm. how how do you deal, how do you introduce new people well, to it's, comic it, books? It's, yeah, like yeah a, what is your process? Like, probably your best bet is to make something you think is a good starting point. Mm-hmm. And then you tell them, but here's what happened before. All you need to know that you've happened beforehand. So question, question answered. So question of the week <laughs> is, quote, what is your process for for introducing new readers to comic books? End quote. And you can answer that in the forums on lasertimepodcast.com and we'll read our favorite answers on next week's episode. And now it's time for the plugs that I, you guys better not skip, god damn it. Uh, Chris, later what are you time. Doing Tim Terry's on it, baby, and we're talking about it's it's mm-hmm. one it's a little bit more of a freewheeling episode. All the comments seems it was a great. Love episode. it when you do that, and 
I'm like, I, I'm so scared whenever we do that for some reason. Now. It's doing it without staring a into net. the abyss and it stares back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I don't know why I think we can't hit because we went really long. So, it was fun. Uh, it was a great conversation. I felt. I, I love talking about uh, Japanese pro wrestling. That was the one negative comment I saw on it, which was like, yeah. please, no more pro wrestling. But <laughs> I was like, but this isn't WWE. It's Japanese wrestling. It's totally different. Good angle. And it was what you were into. It. I love the, yeah. the diversity in that that episode. The topics are um, Alf, <laughs> Alf. <laughs> Old first-person shooters, Sailor Moon, mm. Japanese wrestling. Like, come on. Like, yeah. somebody should give us a Pulitzer. <laughs> like, there's no way you can group those all those things together. <laughs> if you tried uh, to look at them all up separately, it would just lead back to that episode. So, <laughs> Yeah, so if you've enjoyed Tim Turi on here, definitely listen to that one. Man, that's, that's great. And, and all the other Laser Time episodes, even when Tim Turi is not, they're, they're good. You guys Not as good, good without him. Oh, come on. This has been a lot of fun, actually. No, and uh, also Cheap Podcast, the pro wrestling podcast that we do that I appear on pretty much every episode. And there's Video Game Apocalypse, the video game podcast, and VG Empire, the video game music podcast that Tim Turi will also be appearing on soon. Oh, I would I would plug myself, but I'm assuming that any fans of uh, Laser Time are just like, okay, that's enough. <laughs> no, See you later. Uh, Thanks for working so hard back. on your vacation. Uh huh. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. No, <laughs> such, thank you. Such so hard much. work. Yeah. But uh, what is your Twitter? At least it's just people. Tim Turi. Is okay. what it is. So it's a you nice like easy one. Horror movies and video games and stuff like that, mm-hmm. and. Uh, by the way, I think have you seen the game Until Dawn yet? That got uh, I, I played it yesterday. The, the one that got announced by Sony at Gamescom. It's I have a, not yet. It is it is an eighty. It is Heavy Rain. If it was an eighty slasher film, like God I, damn it, what's I've, it called? Until Dawn. Okay, and in like and it well, it's like a slasher film too in how who it casts because it stars like Hayden Panettiere and then like two B two male B actors from like movies like oh this guy was like a slightly unfamous person from twilight or this was this is the guy who plays ward in shield and like they're the exact people That's you perfect. think would star in a slasher film with hayden penetier like, i'm so gonna good. check i'm gonna check that out i'm excited yeah, it's definitely it was That's a good it was, pitch it was cool it was cool i did will it be like uh the game of the year probably not but who, who cares like i'm so in for like more more stuff happening in that like that period and that aesthetic like yeah, yeah. All right, so, whoo, man, what an episode, huh, guys? Boy, a lot of, a lot of cover here. Oh, that, yeah, uh, uh, talking about the turtles was really we've hard. Been, we've also been streaming a bunch of backlog games, and it's we've had a poll where people could vote on what game they wanted us to play, and Hook won as of this recording, wow. and uh, it's a very special version because it's the Sega CD version with voice mm-hmm. acting and John Williams music. Oh. You know, I had nice. a Peter. I had a Peter Pan toy from Hook that mm-hmm. looked absolutely nothing like Robin Williams. Yeah, like, yeah. I think I think they had a little trouble marketing stuff. Does anybody else remember the marketing to that? I gotta have, have to pull that noise. I, all the commercials started with a group of children going Hook, 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 Pan, Pan. Mm-hmm. It's it's one of right. those weird, bizarre things that I've never been able to shake, but. And I, the only chanting I, I remember is it. Rufio. That's all I remember. But these are just from the commercials for the merchandise. It's so weird. It's Coke, hard to remember Coke, the Coke, commercial. Pan, pan, pan. I remember, I believe McDonald's was involved in it in some way. Mm-hmm. All right, anyway. Okay, so until next time, Excelsior! Excelsior.